Well, welcome everybody to the third ever episode of our Young Life podcast, and we're excited to have you with us. My name's Scott. I'm the Young Life pastor here at Mapleview. Why does everybody else just go ahead and introduce themselves? Uh, I'm Elliot. Uh, I host the Open Concepts podcast that comes out with new episodes every Tuesday. Uh, I'm also a uh, final year student at York University taking French studies. Yeah, oh. that's awesome. Good stuff, Elliot. <laughs> My name is Jake Stanley. I go by Jake and Jake Stanley at Life 100.3. I'm on the air, street team. I even do the front desk. I'm a desk lady sometimes. So that's what I do. <laughs> My name is Aiden. I'm a Bible college student at Vanguard College Online. And I, when quarantine was not happening, I worked at the keg. Yeah. Talk about privileges of being friends with Aiden. <laughs> you get to go to the egg for the egg, the keg the for egg. discount steak. That's a pretty Ooh. sick deal. It uh, is the best steak. <laughs> we are online everywhere you want to be. If you're joining with us online uh, on YouTube, watching along, hello to everybody. Love uh, being with you in the comments. Through the power of technology, we're chatting along with you. Uh, so good you're here. Of course, we're also on Spotify and Apple Music, and we're always making tweaks to kind of update our audio and make the show a little bit better. And so uh, we're working with some new microphones, some new stuff to try and uh, bring the audio experience up <laughs> a grade. Uh, but we want to invite you to our third ever episode Again, love to be with you. And we're honored that you'd even check it out. You know, every time uh, the week comes past and people view in, like just blows me away that people would come and spend their Monday night with us, which is so, so, so good. Yeah. And shout out to uh, the cast who gives up their time. So good. Couldn't happen without you guys. It's amazing. It's awesome. Uh, well, last week was our comfort food question of the week. What was your go-to comfort yeah. food? Uh, the statistic that we had found was 40% of people surveyed in North America turned to comfort food when they went, when it meant to deal with their feelings, their emotions. Uh, and so here are some of the results that we got. Jillian Wilson uh, talking about pizza. Are we have pizza Pizza's people in here? Always pizza. Yeah. It's the classic. It's great. It is a pineapple. Do you guys ever get um, pizza pizza? You can get barbecue swirl on top. Ooh, that's oh, that's good. Chef's what? kiss. That stuff is so, it is so good, Elliot. It's, it's Bro, unreal. Why are you putting barbecue on pizza? You don't replace the mm. tomato sauce. You just oh, add it to yeah. on top. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's besides the sounds point. appealing. It's all right, Jillian, when this is all over, we're going to hang out and eat some pizza. Uh, Mercedes uh, sushi. She loves sushi. Are you nah. sushi people? Yep. Nope. No. Nope. Sushi. Nope. Why would I eat something raw? Why? Why I go out of my way to eat okay, something fun, raw? Okay, quick fun story. We took Chase Godbeer for sushi at Noble um, in Barrie oh, here. And we tried to get him to try calamari and he <laughs> literally turned red thinking he was going to like choke on it. He couldn't even get it down. That's my man oh Chase my right there. He knows. <laughs> He's going to hate that I said that, but it's fine. <laughs> Kathleen Robinson, who was our guest last week, she tuned in and she said pizza and wings. So pizza's good, but wings, yeah. man, that is a woman of the Lord. Chicken yeah. wings are still the gold staple. Oh, so good. Beth Wiedemann, uh, this, is, this is comfort food on a big budget, but she said steak like mm. Aiden. She's Dang. coming to your work. Is she stressed mm. out? She's going to the keg? Like that's crazy. <laughs> the keg. That is, I'm too poor to be that stressed out. Yeah, that's not. Uh, Tanya, Tanya chimed in and she said, uh, noodle cup. Do you guys ever have those noodle cups? Yeah. That's like a blast to college days. Like the okay. only thing you can make in a microwave. That's a good one. I'm on, I'm on that. That's like yeah. a 3 a.m. snack. That's what I like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Laura Curry said ice cream. I love ice cream. It's so, yeah. so, so good. Um, uh, Nick Laner pizza pockets, which is just stress pizza on the go. That's just yeah. stress treats <laughs> that you can take with you. <laughs> Aiden. Oh, Aiden. Aiden's hey. in pierogies. 
Are you like Peruvian, Peruvian heritage. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's not bad. That's actually pretty good. What is it? Like homemade pierogies. Oh man. What's the, in the Oh, homemade yeah, pierogies. Yeah, homemade pierogies with like yeah, the cheese and potato stuffing. Sometimes she'll put other stuff and get creative with like sauerkraut or blueberries, like blueberries. Oh man, bro, is your nana hanging out with Jake putting (laughs) olives and cheese on toast? We're friends, okay? We get along. (laughs) They know each other well. It's like a dessert pierogi. It is. Uh, That's what's good. Uh, Josiah said chips. I'm a. I love chips. Chips are good. They're they're the classic. Uh, Jody Speck said mini eggs. Mini eggs are really yeah. good. That's a good one. Coming up. I'm That's not the a one. I'm not a chocolate person. Not even mini eggs? Nah, like I never crave chocolate ever uh, in my life. I don't think I've ever eaten an appropriate amount of mini eggs. Like when they're there, <laughs> it's always the thing you eat too much of. Yeah, finish it. <laughs> yeah, it's always at Easter. So it's like, oh, they're only here for a limited time. I'm going to splurge. Right. And then True. you think exactly. you're going to die. So that's good. Uh, Reed said crackers and cream cheese. That's a good one. I love urban garlic cream cheese. It makes you really desirable yeah. to kiss from your wife because you smell <laughs> like garlic, but that's a good one. Uh, Katrina said flaming hot Cheetos and hey. Lori Lynn, pasta Lynn chime in. She said pasta. Pasta is a good one. I do Classic. love pasta. A lot of Italian uh, food on here. It's pizza and pasta. Yeah. Yep. Like the carbs. I think it's the carbs that are really the comfort food. Like yeah. the carbs mm-hmm. fill in the gaps of your heart. Mm. That's the good stuff. Yeah, one way I get my feelings, I like to have a variety. So it's good that we have lots of options. Yeah. Well, uh, there's some pretty extraordinary things happening in our world today. And uh, it's a crazy time to be alive. Man, I'm consistently uh, blown away. It's like they just keep overdo, like keep uh, one-upping themselves, which is the craziness that seems to be going on. And that means it's just a better time to stay connected. And that's why uh, we're so glad you're with us and a part of things here at The Young Life and joining us online. Uh, a part of the connection point is I want to mention that Aiden, Everybody say hi to Aiden. What's up, Aiden? Hi, Aiden. And, and Ben hey. Walker, the man who is still looking for a woman of the Lord to be with. He's a good listener, according to last week. Uh, I, said nothing, them, ben. I said nothing. I said nothing. Two of them are going to be running our Young Life podcast on Sunday nights at 730 starting next week. Hey. So in the midst of all this craziness, get connected at the Young Life small group Sunday nights at 730 with Aiden and Ben. It's going to be unreal. Uh, and we're talking through scripture. They're going to be starting in James chapter one, talking through, I'm actually not sure what the first one is, but we'll bury the lead. You can find it on our social Choosing joy. Plug, 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 choosing joy. That's a perfect one. Actually, that actually ties in really well with what Sarah Jane shares with us later. And tonight we're talking about our mental health. This one is, uh, I, I was very careful. And when we started the conversation on mental health, uh, because I wanted to be careful to not uh, speak out of turn. I think sometimes church and mental health have not always had a great relationship. And so we're, I'm thankful to have Sarah Jane with us. She's a psychotherapist and she's a professional. So uh, tonight we're taking the posture of a student to uh, kind of take in what she has. Uh, and, and she was awesome. You know, I don't know if you guys, you guys don't have to divulge this, but I don't know if you guys have any sort of history with um, uh, mental health, being att- paying attention to mental health or, or a therapist or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, my first experience was actually, I was maybe not skeptical. That makes it sound like I was against it. I think I was neutral. I don't think I really knew a whole lot about it. And when Mikhail and I got married, uh, my dad and her dad married us. So they're both pastors and they kind of like co-did it. And I definitely did not want to do marriage counseling with my father-in-law. And so uh, we went to go see a psychotherapist who's like a family therapist to do our marriage counseling. And that experience completely changed my perspective on all of it. 
Her name was Nancy. She was amazing. <laughs> and she really helped me understand some of the unhealthy prejudices that I maybe didn't even know that I had about mental health. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight is um, I would encourage you to have an open mind as we talk about a few things. I think there are things that I wasn't necessarily always open to that I'm a lot. I'm thankful that I'm open to now. And tonight, Sarah Jane does an amazing um, job at kind of giving us some really practical things to consider when it comes to how our spiritual walk and our mental health coincide. Uh, but, you know, before we get too far into it, like we always do, we like to kind of start off with a bit of a question. So, you know, life can be a lot. I wanted to check in with our cast to make sure they were good. You guys are managing your stress, that your mental state is in check. Uh, and so we talked about a, a processing emotion uh, and we talked about how uh, we might go somewhere to, you know, eat our feelings, whatever it might be. What do you guys do to manage uh, your stress? Like when you have a lot to process in your brain, not necessarily emotional, but just like the circumstance of the day. Are you guys introverted? Are you extroverted? Uh, for example, I like to go for drives. If I really got a lot on my mind, you know, you put some of that like nouveau armor on in your car and it's like the really <laughs> instrumental indie ambient sounding and you just go for a drive and you introspective. What about you guys? What do you guys do? Are you a people person or you kind of escape for a bit? Yeah. Yeah. Like I think there's, it depends on the situation. Um, but I think like, I like you like a walk or like a drive um, or I'd like to just get out and just, just sort of distract myself. But I would also like, maybe like, obviously not right now, but like when I could go hang out with people, maybe go to coffee or, or whatever. And just like, I'm, I like talking about stuff. And so I definitely will do that. Yeah. External processor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get no, that. I, yeah. For me, it's, I need something like, because if every, if, if I need to use my brain power to process something, I need something the complete opposite, something completely mindless and doesn't require my attention. So that's either watching like stupid reality TV. Like, listen, don't get me wrong. Jersey shore is mad trash, but it is very, <laughs> it is very entertaining. It is very entertaining. I live vicariously through them. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. Which, yeah, the thing, which one? <laughs> just the the old one. I don't know. Snooky. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. The situation. Nah. But um. Uh, and then as well, just like yeah, if I need to like drop like an hour or two on Warzone or some video games, I just play that and just kind of take my mind off of that, and that gives me like a full on reset to kind of mm -hmm. get back into the things I need to do. I shoot Aiden quite often and it's therapeutic. <laughs> like taking out of context, this conversation can be quite dangerous for me, but on Warzone, <laughs> I shoot Aiden on a regular basis and it really just helps check my mental state. Aiden, you what about you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah hey exactly. man, when, I mean, Warzone is, is a good one. I, I mean, I, sometimes I take my stress out on that, but sometimes <laughs> that can stress me out because I'm not getting enough stuff done. So oftentimes I'll, I'll phone a family member or a friend or my girlfriend, um, and just, just talk, just connect, especially with COVID and stuff right now. Like my escape was always like church and going out and going out for coffee with people, but now we can't do that. So, uh, just going back to phoning friends and phoning family. Yeah. It's interesting. Like one thing that Kathleen talked about last week briefly, and that Sarah Jane shares again is kind of self-awareness. Like mm -hmm. it, it can be challenging because you don't know if you're not self-aware but to the best of our ability to be self-aware. And she kind of mentioned last week, and a few of you uh, during our broadcast last Monday night started sending me your Enneagram numbers because uh, <laughs> you were doing the quiz. So I actually asked the cast this week to kind of check it, check it out and try to find one of the free Enneagram quizzes. And 
if they're cool with it to share their Enneagram numbers. Did, yeah. did you guys do your quiz? How'd it go? Did it go well? Yeah, I was hesitant. Good. I was hesitant, but I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not gospel. I feel like the disclaimer is uh, yeah. the tendency with young Christian young adults is that they take it way too far. It's mm-hmm. just a tool. Uh, and I like it as a tool to help bring some perspective and clarity and some self-awareness to some of the things in our life and maybe why we process things the way we do or what maybe some of our motivations are behind some of our behaviors. Did you guys find that in your, when you guys read your thing, did you read it? And you're like, someone's been reading my emails. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're listening. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a crazy, that's a crazy spot. What, what was your Enneagram numbers? If you don't mind sharing with people. Two. Two. I got eight. Two is the helper. I got a seven. Eight is the challenger and seven is the enthusiast. And uh, yeah, What'd it's uh, mine is three, which is the achiever. And so there's uh, one thing is that um, there's characteristics of all of these in all of us. Like sometimes people like to go, well, kind of what we said with Kathleen last week to be like, oh, I'm a three. So I don't do the things that sixes do or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. That's not really the intent behind the tool. Um, but uh, I, I do think that tools like that and other sign of personality tests, they help bring some self-awareness. Uh, and yeah, I, I love my Enneagram stuff because there's been a few times that I've read it and been like, man, I don't think I've ever actually said that out loud, but sometimes I do think like that. Or if I was going to be really honest with myself, it's like, oh man, yeah, I've definitely, my, my headspace has definitely been there. Yeah. And you know, tonight, as we kind of jump in and talk about mental health, um, our emotional health is very much about uh, understanding our feelings, um, being vulnerable and authentic with how we feel and our emotions, being able to process that. But kind of like the Enneagram in certain ways, uh, tonight we're talking about that inner dialogue. You know, like that voice that we speak to ourselves and that we think about ourselves and how we process and internally process some of the stresses and behaviors uh, in our life um, and the mental toll that it can take. So again, I'm really excited that Sarah Jane's with us. And uh, if you guys want to check out your Enneagram numbers, that'd be awesome at home. Uh, I, <laughs> these guys maybe reluctantly did it, but I'm glad they did. I think it's a good tool. It, oh, it was good. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was. Yeah, it was I a party. It. Us and all the white girl Christians. That's who are doing their Enneagram. But I, I think 100%. it's pretty awesome. Uh, well, we have our TYL download coming up right now. And so why don't you check it out? And then we're joined by Sarah Jane Fulton, a psychotherapist, going to give us a little bit of insight on our mental health and our relationship with Jesus. Why don't you check it out right now? Well, tonight, uh, we want to conclude our conversation around health, talking about mental health. And a little bit of a quick disclaimer tonight, we are talking about mental health and wellness. We are not talking about mental illness. You know, mental illness, like physical illnesses and ailments in our life, it requires the attention uh, of a professional. And that is very much not what I am in the area of uh, mental health. And so I want to be very clear and cautious uh, to not overstep uh, some pretty uh, important boundaries when it comes to uh, spirituality and mental illness. Of course, Jesus heals. We believe that God is uh, all sufficient in our lives. But in the same way that if I broke my leg, Yeah, I'm going to pray for healing, but I'm probably also going to go to the doctor. When it comes to mental illness, yes, we pray for healing, but seek the advice and what God has given us through healthcare professionals. Sound good? I want to be really clear as we get into this conversation. You know, uh, sometimes mental health and church, that relationship uh, has been healthy and unhealthy at different moments and different times. And so I just want to make sure there's a clear distinction. Tonight we're talking about wellness and intentionality at doing the best to steward, uh, to steward our mental health. 
We're not talking about mental illness. That very much needs to be talked about in the appropriate place and context and with the people with the appropriate qualifications and education and insight. And that is not this. Sound good? And uh, let's continue our conversation, though. Let's, let's continue to talk about how our spiritual walk and our, our mental health, uh, there's a connection there. And from a faith perspective and a scripture perspective, and as a follower of Jesus' perspective, how can we be intentional with our mental health? Just to lay the groundwork tonight, I want to use the World Health Organization's definition of mental health. This is what they say. Mental health is a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, and can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. It is essentially how we process that inner dialogue. You know, if our emotional health is how we are vulnerable, authentic, and in touch with our emotions, and how that goes uh, beyond us into our relationships and the people we interact with. Our mental health in this conversation and wellness is about that inner dialogue, the coping that we do to manage stresses and the processes in our own mind and in our own way of thinking. You know, one way that really helps me uh, think about my health is I kind of like to picture these piggy banks. I have my physical health, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. And, you know, there are different seasons of my life where I feel like I'm withdrawing amounts that need to be replaced and they need to be replenished so that I am able to withdraw at another point. And, you know, similar to a bank account, there's only so many times you can withdraw before there's nothing left to take from that piggy bank. And, you know, health and wellness in our life works in the same way. And what I've found in this current season is that in lockdowns and the frustrations and all the things that come along with that, life feels like it's costing a little bit more especially in the area of that mental health piggy bank. And so we want to be intentional to be recharging, renewing, and refreshing ourselves so we can be the best of our ability for the best of God's possibilities. Something we've said a lot over the course of this series. And again, stewardship doesn't happen by accident. I am not necessarily a good steward of my finances by accident. Normally left to my own devices, I will buy a PlayStation, which maybe that's a good thing. But if I want to be intentional, that's how I can best steward my resources and give back to God what is His. And so I want to talk a little bit tonight about a season of my life when I was maybe, uh, in retrospect, I'm able to see it, but at the moment I didn't really recognize the tax and the toll of my mental health on the circumstances I found myself in. You know, maybe you've been feeling this way. I was feeling pretty low. I was feeling pretty depleted. I wouldn't go as far as depressed or anxious, but I was, could not get my mind to stop running. You know, I, I was uh, not really feeling the best of myself. I could feel that piggy bank at low. You know, on your phone, maybe you have an iPhone, it, it goes into low power mode, and some of the features that are normally there are disengaged because you're running on such low energy. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like in my life. The things that I was normally capable of thinking through and processing, for whatever reason, I just wasn't able to do it like I normally would. Little small things, you know, they begin to set me off. They begin to uh, produce this big reaction in me and, and this, this worrisome state in me when they normally wouldn't. And you know, in my life and my relationship with Jesus, what I needed to do for my circumstance was two things. A, I needed to get some perspective. And how I did that was to lean back into the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Because if you're anything like myself, when we get worked up, when we're running on low energy, when maybe the stresses and challenges of life come, you know, I like to resume control. I like to assume that maybe I can do it better than depending on God in those really high stress moments of my life. And maybe you've been similar that you've leaned in that way. 
but I had to give back control to God. I had to lean back into his power in his presence. And secondly, I had to make a change. I had to get help. I had to talk to somebody about it. I needed to bring support to my life. And being postured for the best that God has for us is being intentional and being good stewards. And when it comes to our mental health, sometimes that means leaning back in and giving God lordship in areas that we've taken control And it means surrounding ourselves with support, making a change, or getting help in moments when we need to. John 16.33 says this, In this world, you will have trouble. You know, we will have issues and circumstances that come beyond our control, and they're going to stink. But take heart, because it says that he has overcome the world. And that's where I see our mental health and how we process the strains and stresses of life and our spiritual walk really uh, blending well together. Because you know what? We don't really work with the same tool set as everybody else. As followers of Jesus, we understand that we walk with Jesus and he sustains us, he keeps us, and he is the one that I really want to be leaning on in my life, especially when it comes to health and wellness You know, I kind of get this perspective and a better understanding of who I am and who I'm not when I lean into the power and presence of God. Because in moments when I've lost that perspective of who Jesus is in my life, you know, I begin to define myself rather than allow Jesus to define me and listen to what he says about me. Or maybe I begin to push ahead instead of listening to the pace that Jesus has set in my life for the season that I find myself in. Or you know what, there are moments when I like to speak over what God has spoken to me. When I feel like in my moments of prayer, the Holy Spirit has been speaking intentionality and and worth and all those things, and I can speak over sometimes things that aren't even true about myself in my life, and that's because I like to gain back control. And you know, a big part of it is learning to let go and give lordship over to God. And in circumstances we find ourselves in right now, you know, sometimes it can get to the point of crisis before we're willing to release some things and trust God with some things. And, you know, I think that's a really healthy practice to come back to as a follower of Jesus. Am I willing to let go and trust God? It's a difficult process. And, you know, when it comes to the area of mental health and our faith, sometimes that can sound like a crutch. Well, you just got to trust God. You know, it can sound like a crutch. And I understand that. Maybe you're new to faith or maybe you don't have any faith at all. And it seems like kind of a uh, get out of jail free card. But you know what? When we talk about giving our lives to Jesus, a big part of that is lordship. And so what other would call a crutch, I like to refer to as lordship and trusting God. You know, I actually think a crutch is a good picture of how I want my life to be postured. I'm leaning on God when I don't have the strength he does. When I can't keep myself going, his strength, his power, and his spirit help sustain me in moments when I can't. And if that's a crutch, I'm all in. Get me two of them. Because there are moments and scenarios in my life that I need to lean into the power and the presence of God and know that he is with us. You know, it reminds me of Joseph in the Bible. Joseph's got this crazy story that God gives him this promise that he is going to rule and he's going to have this position and power of uh, this position of leadership um, over his family. And, and it's just this image that God gives where these, these wheat are bowing down to him. The sun, moon, and stars come around him. You can check it out in Genesis 37. It's an awesome story. But Joseph's life does not necessarily go according to plan, at least I would say, for someone who is just given a promise that he was going to lead and be a leader. 
In fact, his family, his brothers become frustrated with him and they think that he's arrogant and cocky and they actually hate him. So they despise a plan or they, they come up with this plan uh, to kidnap him. They beat him. They sell him into slavery and then they tell their dad that he was killed. Talk about dysfunction. This is like beyond Jersey Shore uh, reality TV dysfunction. This is like traumatic moments in Joseph's life that he was betrayed by his family. He's then sold to Potiphar, the captain of the guard in Egypt, to which uh, there are some, uh, Potiphar's wife is really into Joseph. How about we leave it at that? And she is making these, uh, these passes on him and he's trying to resist her. And at one point it gets to the moment where Joseph literally has to flee out of the house away from her to escape her as to not compromise himself. But Potiphar's wife, having the last word, accuses him of forcing himself upon her in her shame and her embarrassment of what had happened. And it says that P, uh, Joseph is convicted and he's thrown in prison. In prison, he's kind of forgotten about. I'm sure there are days in Joseph's life he goes, God, you said I was going to be a leader and now I am sitting in a jail cell, falsely accused, sold into slavery, beaten and betrayed by my family. God, what's going on? Until he meets the cupbearer and the baker who come and he interprets dreams for them. And then in turn says, hey, when you go back to Pharaoh and you're released, can you put in a good word for me? There's this promise that God has given me. I'm sure through his thought process, he goes, maybe this is how God is going to redeem my situation. And yet, scripture tells us for two years, Joseph was forgotten about in that jail cell. Challenging days, trauma, stresses, probably not understanding what God's plan was exactly and how God could give this promise. And yet this was his circumstance. If you know Joseph's story, it does result in God making a way. He comes to Pharaoh and interprets a dream, and Pharaoh is so inspired and sees that God is with him that he actually puts him in that second seat in Egypt to be essentially the prime minister and over, overlook this entire uh, initiative to save up all this food for a famine that was coming. God establishes the promise, but scholars suggest that Joseph was 17 when he received the promise, and he was probably around 30 by the time he found himself in the position that God had promised him to be in. Talk about 13 years of turmoil, frustration, asking the big questions. God, is this really what you had for me? Can I really trust that your promises are true? Can I trust that you are in and through my life? Because so far, I've been beaten, sold, slaved, falsely accused, imprisoned, and lately I've been a little bit forgotten. And, you know, maybe you feel a little bit like Joseph did in those 13 years of his life where you're not seeing the pieces of the promises of God actualize in and through your life. Maybe this season you're in right now, the stresses of life are kind of getting to you. You're feeling like that piggy bank is at an all-time low. Here's what I want to tell you tonight. You know the difference maker in Joseph's life? It was not he was the smartest or that he was the most capable, anything like that. Scripture tells us that in every season of life, Joseph overcame and he thrived in his circumstance because of one thing, God was with him. God was with him. And when we invite God to be a part of our lives, when I've invited God to be a part of my life, in situations where that piggy bank, that mental health piggy bank was at an all-time low, I want to tell you God makes up the difference. He makes up the difference for you. He sustains you. As we lean into, you, into him, he props me up in moments where I feel like I have nothing left to give. And so as we're talking about mental health from the perspective of our spiritual walk, you know, understand that we can be intentional. And we're going to talk with Sarah Jane in this next segment of some practical ways we can be mindful and intentional about our mental health. But know this, God is with us. 
And you know, we don't operate with the same tool set that everybody else does. We are able to lean in to the power and the presence of God. And so tonight, be encouraged. If you've been feeling like that mental health piggy bank is maybe at an all-time low, maybe the stresses of life and the circumstance we find ourselves, you know, they're beginning to get to. Your patience is running out. Take heart because he has overcome the world. He foresaw these troubles. And when we lean into Jesus in our faith, he will sustain us, not just physically or emotionally, but mentally. And as followers of Jesus, we are able to do so much more because we have him. I'm excited for Sarah Jane to share tonight from a professional perspective when it comes to our mental health and how these two things have a pretty close relationship, our mental health and our spiritual walk. So why don't you check it out right now with Sarah Jane coming up next. Well, tonight we're excited to have Sarah Jane with us. Sarah Jane is my sister-in-law. Uh, she's also a therapist. Sarah Jane, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself before we kind of get into talking about mental health? Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, like Scott said, we're family. We share a lot of Fultons. Um, and yes, I, uh, I'm a psychotherapist. I work for a private practice called Life Care Centers in the Durham area. I've been doing that for four or five years now. Um, and I have a little two-year-old named Violet, who's very strong-willed and uh, she's just so much fun. And I'm married to a guy named Zach, who is uh, Scott's brother-in-law. Um, so so his his wife's brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Christmas is great. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, we wanted to bring on Sarah Jane because uh, we wanted to get a professional perspective when we're talking about mental health and kind of draw a line in the sand, if you will, between mental health and wellness and mental illness. I think that mental health is such a large uh, topic. Like the scope mm -hmm. is huge. And, you know, just like a physical ailment, if there was a physical illness, you need to go see a professional who has studied and trained and know what they're doing. Uh, and in the same way, what we're not talking about tonight is mental illness in that way. Like, I think that's a conversation and a discussion best left to uh, someone like yourself in a more private setting. What tonight we want to kind of talk about is overall mental wellness and well-being that we are made up of these three cores. We're physical, we're emotional, we're, uh, we have mental health, and we're spiritual. And so we want to be intentional in all those areas. What we've been talking about lately is uh, we want to be good stewards of what God has given us, and that health is not just a matter of wellness, but stewardship in our life. And that comes down to our mental health as well, whether we're cognizant of that or not, whether it's something we thought about a lot, or maybe we haven't thought about it at all. Uh, tonight, I think we're all going to take the posture of a student to say maybe uh, our eyes and ears can be open to new things and maybe a new way of looking at ourselves and a new way of looking at our relationship with, with Jesus. You know, to kind of give a bit of a framework, we talked about it in our last segment, but uh, mental health, according to the World Health Organization, I think there's a really helpful definition to help set the stage for what we're talking about tonight. Mental health is a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. It seems like it's a lot about uh, our ability, our understanding of ourself, how we manage uh, circumstances in life. And, and they use the word productivity, but I like the word fruitfulness. Maybe that's more of a faith-based word, the fruits of this, whatever it might be. Uh, but to be able to have fruitful lives. And I think that's where the stewardship question comes in. If my mental health can help me live a more fruitful life about being intentional, uh, I want to do that. I want to be a part of 
whatever that conversation is or whatever it means learning something new and, and how I manage myself. And so maybe you could help, help us out a little bit. Uh, what would you say is the relationship between our mental health and our spiritual lives and our spiritual health? How do those two things kind of blend together in your opinion? Yeah, sure. It's a great question. Um, well, first of all, first of all, I'll say that the Bible does talk a lot about how we are not just one thing, right? We're body, mind, soul, spirit, like all the things uh, make up the individual. And so mm-hmm. just like it's our responsibility to get the proper nu- nutrition, to feed our bodies so that we can think and have, um, you know, op- optimal brain activity and, and get the right amount of rest for our bodies. So, you know, we're not grumpy in the mornings. It's our responsibility to, um, check in with our mental well-being or our mental health. And, and to me, and in my professional opinion, that has a lot to do with our thought life. Um, what are we meditating on? What are we feeding our thought life? What are we thinking about constantly? What are we worrying about? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very indicative of, you know, how healthy you are. Um, and I think it's also indicative of how self-aware you are. And I think as Christian people, it's our responsibility to develop our self-awareness um, so that we can ultimately be the best examples of Christ for people. Yeah, for sure. And self-awareness is, can be such a challenging thing too, because it's hard to know. It can yeah. be hard. If you're not self-aware, it's hard to know that you're not self-aware. Like it sounds like a little bit like a chicken or the egg kind of thing. And so maybe help paint a picture for us. What are maybe some symptoms of that I'm not self-aware or of poor mental health that would be, uh, sure. Maybe you should be more mindful, Scott, if you're exuding these kinds of things in and through your life. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a, quite a few um, things that I think are indicative of poor mental health. Um, and I'm I, I'm just going to speak in general terms. I think you know it's important to keep in mind that's going to look different from individual to individual. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's going to have a bit of a different threshold. It's going to look a little bit different from the next person. But generally speaking, a lot of the times when I'm looking at unhealth in, in your mental health or in a client's um, mental health, it looks a lot like, well, it can be in two parts. One, it's like physical. Um, so that, you know, that looks a lot like not sleeping, loss of appetite, fatigue, low energy, low motivation, um, overeating, uh, fatigue, sluggishness, um, you know, worrying constant, like, uh, something I like to call the mind chatters. Like when you go to sleep, (laughs) all of a sudden your mind is like, bing, and it's like chattering away. That's not a clinical term by the way, but, um, it sounds pretty clinical. I can get that written on a script somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, you get the, you know what I'm talking about when I say that, right? Uh, A lot of the times they're more subtle or it's, or we don't realize like, oh, wow, I really, I really am experiencing some of these symptoms and this is maybe indicative of poor mental health. Um, second part is more cognitive. It's more, um, to deal with how we're feeling, what we're thinking about. Right. So if we're feeling low, a lot of the times, or we're feeling, like we're worrying constantly. Um, so a little bit of anxiety, things like that. Um, and I think also if our thoughts are very negative, um, if we wake up and we're thinking, 
oh my goodness, I suck. Why did I say this? Why did I do this? I'm so incompetent. I'm too scared. I could never do that. Like you're constantly reiterating that negativity to yourself throughout the day. Yeah. Um, you know, that's going to lead to low self-esteem, low self-worth, depression, that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I think a lot of people actually struggle with what we would call a negative internal dialogue or a negative inner critic. And it's just that, just what I described. Um, and it's shocking at how, at, at, at the amount of people who do struggle with this or some version of this. And I think mm-hmm. we all do because we're all, we all have insecurities. We're human. Um, and if you don't struggle with this at all, then I think you're in denial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this is irrelevant for all of you. <laughs> um, um, but no, it's true. Like the, we all have our days, right? But if it's, if it's constant negativity, that's something that we have to check out. That's something we have to bring into awareness and, and, and identify and figure out what the root is of this is. And, or like, what is it that I'm constantly feeding myself? What are the lies that I'm holding on to and thinking that they're truth and what is actual truth? Um, so because what we think about really affects how we feel, which then affects our behavior. Mm-hmm. So if you are not keeping your thought life in check, if it's negative, if it's full of lies, if it's full of cognitive distortions or, or um, really, yeah, just really intrusive thoughts, negative things, that's going to be reflective in the way you feel about yourself or the way you feel in general. And that's going to be very apparent in your behavior. Well, and that's a big part of it. Like, I think at the moment, as uh, uh, we're at, at the time of recording this, we're in our second lockdown uh, in Ontario here, and it's been pretty. It's very challenging for people. There's loss. There's people frustrated, confused, don't know what the best solution is, not sure what their place in all this is. Like, there's just so much more to the pr- internal dialogue and processing of trying to understand the situation that we find ourselves in. And so I, I could see for a lot of people, at least what we're hearing, uh, at least through the Young Life, is people maybe experiencing some of the things that you're talking about, maybe for the first time or for the first time at a level uh, in their life than they ever have before. Um, as this exaggerated, stress-inducing world event uh, is taking place, um, how can we be intentional about that? Like if, if we're starting to feel these, these things and something's kind of resonating with someone at home as, as you're talking through some things that might be symptoms of poor mental health or, or we want to be cautious that we don't maybe get to that place. Uh, what, some, what are some ways that I can be intentional uh, about my mental health in today's culture and world? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a great question. And I think that there's a lot, there's a lot that we can do. And the first place that I kind of want to camp at is something called positive coping mechanisms. Um, I think we are inundated with stress. There's a lot to worry about. There's a lot going on in a world that's crazy. And it's really important to take a break from some of that, like to really be mindful of our thought life, like I was talking about. So don't, don't listen to the news 24 um, seven and, and do things that are good for you. Um, but I think one of the greatest ways to do that is to practice mindfulness and focusing techniques. Um, and for those of you who have no idea what that is, or, or that sounds a little bit funny to you, that's okay. But essentially it's just bringing yourself back into the present. I think with anxiety or with worry, we get so wrapped up in the future and what ifs and like the worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. So if you can identify, shoot, I'm, I'm stuck in that place. Like I keep going back to what if the world ends? What if, what if, what if, 
um, maybe it's, it's time to just take a deep breath and incorporate some of these tools. So the first tool that I teach clients and something that's really effective is something called the five senses tool. Have you ever heard of that? No. No? Um, (laughs) It's cool. It's simple, but it's very effective. Um, So basically, you're going to look at your room or the the current place that you find yourself in, and you're going to try to identify five things you see, four things you hear, three things you smell, two things you can touch, and one thing you can taste. Right? And that's all you're doing for those, for that 30 seconds or for that two minutes. And it, it pulls you out of the mind, the mind vortex back into, okay, I'm here in this, in this reality. This is my present. I'm okay. Like the world isn't falling apart. I can touch these things. Like it just kind of brings you back into reality. Because when we're in a heightened state, our amygdala, the, the part in our brain is being hijacked and we're going into fight or flight and our body yeah. is releasing cortisol and it's causing us to be in this very amplified state of mind. So, you know, when you're in danger, if a tiger is coming at you and going to kill you, you want that pumping through your veins because you're going to run and get the heck out of there. But you don't want the cortisol pumping through your veins all the time, every day and never be able to turn it off because then you're in a constant state of, of stress and anxiety and chronic stress. And it's, it's not good for your body. Well, and I think it can be very easy to lose perspective in that state. Absolutely. Like you can lose perspective on, uh, you may be, or exact, maybe not exaggerating, but you see it as a mountain when it's maybe yeah. a molehill. Like it's not as, sure. it's not as big a deal, at least in my own life, moments like that, where it's, you get into that maybe worked up, panic or moment and the the issue at hand seems insurmountable you know what i mean and and i think a big part of what you're talking about is being intentional and mm-hmm. uh kind of bringing that down a little bit so we can kind of get back to processing and understanding and the way we were designed to overcome issues and problems in our life mm-hmm. and and I, I think we underestimate the way that god designed us to be able to critically think through issues in our life process and to get through things in a healthy way uh, mm-hmm. And yet we can get ourselves worked up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We can kind of get ourselves hyped up and it can come. I, I always like to think about these things as like piggy banks in my life that uh-huh. as circumstances in my life cost something. Okay. The stress of this cost something. And now that piggy bank's a little bit lower. I need to be intentional about recharging that core, if you will, mm-hmm. in my life. Cause I know that, um, a day is going to come. I'm going to need to deplete that again. Like it's going to take something from me. And I, I think in at this current moment, I think people are experiencing that the pressures of life are maybe taking more than they used to. Mm-hmm. And so it's starting to, ex- they're starting to maybe feel differently than they normally would, or, or maybe you're running out of ways to be able to process the stress of everyday life or the frustrations and all those kinds of things. So those are amazing uh, just practical things that we can be mindful with breathing exercises. I'm down for the five senses, really looking forward to the taste one. That's going to be great. Unreal. Uh, but they are good things. All the jokes aside, they're amazing ways to just kind of bring ourselves back to, uh, the moment that we're in. And I know, I think as believers, a big part of that is, is to come back to the place of understanding we believe that God is in control and that he is sovereign and that we give him lordship. And I think when you're talking about that 
fight or flight moment, we can lose perspective on our place, at least from a faith perspective on, on what that God's in control at the stresses and, and the distractions of life and all those things that come, uh, they can rob us of the security that we have in kind of handing over Lordship to, to Jesus. Yeah. And I think we don't really operate with the same tool set as everybody else because we have this faith that reminds us that we are not our own. Oh my goodness. Totally. Like we're not, we're not like, it's not just Scott trying to figure it out and process it on his own. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about Joseph uh, in our young life download and talking about how in his life, I, he's a great example to me of someone who um, remains consistent, even though there's like dramatic things that happen in his life. God gives him this promise and uh, he's sold into slavery. He's accused of all sorts of naughty things with Potiphar's wife. He is thrown in prison. He's forgotten about in prison. And there's this moment of 13 years of his life where he thought it was going to go one way and yet nothing was going the way that he thought that God said. And I think in the similar way, we can be in a place of life where we know the promises that God's saying to us, but it can be hard to see them Mm -hmm. and actualize them in our life. And it can be discouraging. And so, you know, we, we believe that God is the author of our life, that he holds us in his hand. He doesn't leave us or forsake us. And when we're in a place where maybe our emotional health is low and maybe we're losing perspective on who God says he is in our life and his ability to carry us through and that um, he is Lord overall, even when these things happen that are unprecedented like they are now, and maybe it's taxing on our mental health. What are some ways that we can be as believers uh, intentional about our mental health? Like how can we bring the spiritual into uh, our reality when it comes to our mental health? What are some ways we can do that? Yeah, I love that question. And I, I love speaking to a group of believers because it's so empowering when you realize, like you said, this is not just the average person with the average tools. Like you have a whole faith to draw um, strength from, right? Not just an empty faith, like very much an alive faith um, with so much resources, so many promises, So remember earlier on, as I was talking about that negative internal script, that inner critic, um, it's really important to then flip that switch and to start speaking truth over yourself. Start remembering God's premises. Start remembering your identity in Christ, I think is key for the Christian who's really trying to be good about their mental health, Mm -hmm. good about what they're feeding their thought life good about what they're thinking about themselves. You know, you are fearfully and wonderfully created. Um, there's, there's just so many promises in the Bible. You're, you're, you're God's daughter, you're God's son. Like that's huge. And you have intrinsic worth just because you are who you are. Um, right. And I think when we start to, to really meditate on that, that affects how we think which affects how we feel, which affects our behavior. So if you struggle with this, or if you are, you know, going through the the fatigue of life or you're, you're kind of, yeah, struggling or worrying or down on yourself, bring yourself back to scripture, spend time in the word, spend time talking to God, but also something very practical, like writing out those scripture references, writing yeah. out the truth of who you really are, um, what you can hold on to, what's tangible to you. And the more of your five senses that you can incorporate into that, 
the faster you're going to internalize that truth. Right. So I mean, like if you're artistic, write it out on, on cardboard and put it all over your house, put it in your bathroom mirror, put it in your car, um, speak it out loud over yourself, uh, mm-hmm. look at yourself in the mirror and, and say those things to yourself or, um, and the more you hear yourself talking positively about yourself and the, the, the more truth that you're taking in, yeah, the faster it becomes internalized and the more automatic your positive thinking becomes. Yeah. Okay. It's almost like reprogramming your brain to go there. I literally was just, you just took the words out of my mouth. I think <laughs> yeah. literally what we would Give call- me a degree. I'm in. That's okay. awesome. <laughs> now you can be a therapist. Um, but that's literally cognitive behavioral therapy that I'm describing. And it's literally rewiring the neural pathways in your brain, right? Because when it's negative, the pathway in your brain has created a crater because that's, that's the, the path, that's the type of thinking you do all the time. So it's always automatically negative mm-hmm. and to switch it. You're wanting your brain to go in a completely different direction. So that's going to take work. That's going to take commitment to, writing it out, to speaking it out, to researching, to coming up with effective, positive coping phrases or scriptures or whatever you want to call it and, and be consistent with it. And eventually your brain changes and your thoughts become more automatically positive. Um, and, and that will change you. It's really important. Well, a part of the, the maintenance of the mental health is also to develop an attitude of gratitude. Mm-hmm. It sounds cheesy and I know it rhymes, but it works. It's very important, I think, to a healthy young person to develop that attitude of gratitude. Um, and the Bible speaks on this, speaks a lot about gratitude and humility and thankfulness. Um, and, you know, if that doesn't do it for you, I know that there's studies coming out of Harvard where a couple of professors have, have done research with their students and noticed that um, the more gratitude students display, the happier they are. When you wake up in the morning and you're first, you can identify five to 10 things you're thankful for. It's yeah. really hard to be negative. It's really hard to be low. It's really hard to have a negative mindset um, because you're humbling yourself and you're reframing your situation, you're developing perspective. And and that's what gratitude does for a person. And I recommend like a gratitude journal. I recommend just, just coming up with things you're grateful for. Like, I think those are wonderful exercises to help keep that part of you thriving. Um, And the other thing I will say, uh, especially for young people, especially for young adults, I think we come from a generation and a culture that is very self-absorbed. We are self-obsessed um, and we, we worry about ourselves. We think about ourselves. We're constantly checking in about ourselves and you know, what's wrong or what's right or what's good, what's bad. You know, what, what are we entitled to? What are we not getting? Like, it's all about me. And it creates such uh, a culture of selfishness which is the exact opposite of who we're called to be. That's the mm-hmm. exact opposite of, of being Christ-like, right? And so <clears throat> I think to combat this is to be others-focused. Try mm-hmm. to be others-focused in some way, shape, or form in your life, whether that's like reaching out to a friend, sending an encouraging message, texting somebody you haven't talked to in a while, sending somebody a scripture verse, or you know, sending that new mom a care package or the taking the little old lady down the street grocery shopping because she can't like think about somebody else other than yourself in your day and 
this will not only be good for those people in your life and in your community, but it establishes a sense of purposeness Mm -hmm. and accomplishment, which in turn makes you feel good about yourself. And I think that's very good for your mental health too. Well, thank you, Sarah Jane, for joining us tonight. And we really wanted to get a professional perspective um, on how we can better ourselves. And we love that you're also a believer. Like, that's huge. And we want to make sure that uh, our worldview and how we understand ourselves is done through the lens of how Jesus sees us and how God has made us. And so we really appreciate that. And if everybody at home, uh, I hope you're taking notes. Watch back again. Maybe write down a few things we can do to be mindful of our mental health and, and really be the best of ourselves so we can be the best for what God has made us to do. That sound good? Well, we're going to kick it back to the cast. Why don't you check it out? Coming up right now. Well, thanks for joining us, Sarah Jane. It's always best to consult the pros in these areas. Uh, and you know, tonight, as we've been talking about mental health, if we can be a support to you here at the Young Life, we would love to do so. You know, I think with lots of the new restrictions, and all that comes with that. Uh, maybe you're feeling like that piggy bank is running low and you need to recharge and refill. And maybe kind of like some of our staff, you're an external processor and you need someone to talk that through. Uh, we want to be here with you to help do that. Also, uh, I want to make mention that your church family is thinking of you. We have mapleview.church aid. If you need prayer or any sort of support, uh, we also have our food source available. If, if there's anything you need, why don't you check out that page and uh, see if we can be of service or if we can support you as a church family. But like we do every single week, we have our question of the week. And as we go tonight, I'm going to get our cast to answer the question of the week in preparation. Uh, Sarah Jane talked a lot about developing an attitude of gratitude and practicing fa- thankfulness. She talked a lot about, about retraining our brain to go to the positive areas rather than the negative. And so we want to start tonight. And so what we want to ask is, what is one thing you're thankful for uh, right now? And slash, what's one thing you're looking forward to maybe in 2021? What's one thing you're thankful for right now and something that you're looking forward to in 2021? Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful, uh, actually. Yeah, you go for it. I'm thankful that um, people have kind of rallied around uh, doing whatever we can to still be together. I genuinely, like, I think, uh, the a testament to the church and our willingness that people are just want to be together. And so even though the circumstances have changed, I'm always encouraged when people, even on Sunday or whatever, they still want to participate. You know what I mean? It's encouraging to me that our faith is meaningful in yeah. a lot of ways. It's like, Hey, look, this is a small obstacle to overcome. Uh, we might have to change our method. We have to try something new. Um, but Church will continue. Our faith still means something. Like I'm always encouraged by that, at least lately. And uh, I work with Chase a lot, who helps, to, who is developing all the Sunday services. And so I get to have a little bit of a hand in that. And every Sunday, as people log on and they're faithful to do so, I'm thankful for that. Like I'm encouraged by that. Um, and seeing people still connect in their faith while they're maybe not connecting in person. And what I'm looking forward to is baby Burton who has two email addresses for the boy and girl name, because you got (laughs) to see it in real life and you don't want them to have a weird email address. Like, (laughs) like, I don't know, chicken wings, rock 62 at hotmail.com. Like, did you guys have any embarrassing email addresses when you were a kid? Nope. Uh, No. What? Mine was Scott underscore rocks 10. It was a little bit of an ego bump, but my older sister made it for me. (laughs) 
I think the sole fact that I used Hotmail was embarrassing. <laughs> or, uh, I still use my Hotmail account. Get I deleted out mine. of here. <laughs> I deleted mine. What are you guys thankful for? What's something you're thankful for? Something you're looking forward to in 2021? I'm thankful for um, just the extra time that quarantine is giving us to uh, be intentional with. And for me, it's just sticking to my devotions um, and sticking to my Bible readings and like the extra time. Cause before quarantine, it was like, we were so busy with so many things constantly going. Our schedules were always full. And now it's like, God's given us Josh Cornell. This, these are his words. He told me it's like a fourth Sabbath that we're getting to just rest and spend time with God. So I'm, I'm thankful for the extra time and something I'm looking forward to is just more spiritual growth. Yeah, I think it's a healthy perspective to have to go. Well, I'm gonna make the best of where I find myself. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, I, I I think you're right. I think you're onto something that coming out of quarantine uh, and all these lockdown stuff. Like, yes, we want to get back to like going to movies and like going out for dinner. But I do think there are gonna be people who are like, man, the pace of life that I used to live maybe was un um, unattainable anymore. Not unattainable. Mm-hmm. Not, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you couldn't maintain unrealistic, it. Unrealistic, unrealistic. Yeah, you, yeah. couldn't, you couldn't do it forever. So I think yeah. that's that's good wisdom, Aiden slash Josh <laughs> Cannell. <laughs> what about you, Elliot? Uh, for me, it's honestly, it's just I'm thankful that like I'm just here, like specifically like in Canada. Like I have two, two my both of my parents are immigrants and came to this country like mm-hmm. not knowing a word of English and built something from the ground up, right? So. Um, I, I think sometimes, at least for me, I take that for granted sometimes, especially the, the, the blessings that I've had, especially living here. And especially during this time of, of COVID where people are losing their jobs, are losing, are struggling financially. Thankfully, like by the grace of God, nothing like that has happened to me or my family. So I'm thankful for that constantly because I know that other people are definitely having tougher times, especially during this time. That's incredible. Um, That's awesome. And then something I'm definitely looking forward to, honestly, is just graduating, just being done with school, being done with that, and just looking forward to whatever the future holds for me. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. To finally be done with it. I love school, but it is good to finally be... We out. <laughs> yeah, no more paying for books, unless you really that's want them. Yeah. What about you, Jake? What are you thankful for? What are you looking forward to in 2021? Um, I'm definitely thankful. Like I've gone through... Me and my family have gone through a lot in the past nine, ten months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... I've really appreciated people around me, you know, TYL family have been really supportive through everything through dad's whole cancer journey for those four years. And, and um, yeah, I think just, I'm thankful for people, people that God's put in my life and I can sort of uh, piggyback off of Aiden. It's, 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 a, it's a time where, like you said, it's a fourth Sabbath of just kind of, all right, what do I need to work on? What can I be doing more? Whether it's in your spiritual life your, or your just, have bad habits or whatever you want to use but i think it's a really good time of just it's been a good time of growth for me um and for 2021 i am like just uh, sort of keep on backpacking off of you in there but a spiritual growth that's all good and yeah. it's i really do want to continue to grow and i think that's something that we'll, we'll never stop learning we'll never stop growing in our walk with god if we choose to yeah. and uh so that's what i'm looking forward to do and uh, yeah, just see where God's going to take this year. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Well, we want to hear from you. What are you thankful for and or, or what are you looking forward to in 2021? Uh, you know, as we're talking about spiritual growth and being intentional and kind of what we've been talking about in stewardship and all that God's given us, I do want to make a second mention of our Young Life Small Group happening with Ben and Aiden. That's going to be unreal. If you want to be challenged and pushed in your faith, they're going to do an amazing job. Uh, they are men of God who just want to see other people grow and, and uh be stretched in their faith. So why don't you check it out Sunday nights at seven 30 starting this Sunday night. It's happening on zoom. So you can interact and there's a lot of conversation. You're not just going to be looking at the two of them. Although who wouldn't want to look at the two of them? They're pretty awesome. But Sunday nights at seven 30, uh, the young life small group. Why don't you check it out? All the information you need is at the young life.online, our website, everything's there. You scroll down past the podcast and everything you need to find will be right there. We're so honored and excited that you would join us tonight. And again, if we can be a resource to you as we've kind of finished our series on health and we've talked about emotional, physical, and mental health, if we can help you out at all, we would love to. It's the honor of our life that we get to be a part of your uh, journey to becoming more and more like Jesus. And so don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Other than that, we will see you next Monday night at 7 p.m. here at The Young Life. Can't wait to be with you.